Hey everybody, Tom Block. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles and thank you to Seminole Boosters for their support of this program and more than that, their support of Florida State student-athletes. If you're listening to this show and you're not a booster, what are you doing? Support the program and the student-athletes you care about. All the information you need is online at boosters.fsu.edu. Your gift makes an impact. It supports scholarships and sports medicine, strength and conditioning, nutrition, equipment. Buy tickets, show the student-athletes you care. All the info you need, boosters.fsu.edu. And all the info you need this week, well, here's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. Keith, we are one week from early signing day. Repeat, one week from early signing day. I know you're excited. Well, it's, it just seems, uh, you know, that that it's jumped at, up at us. You know, uh, Florida State, uh, with coaching changes, probably hasn't had the opportunity to maximize the early signing period as you would like. And obviously, the last two years under COVID protocols, haven't been able to establish the relationships. Uh, so I'm I'm excited from the standpoint to see what this staff can do now that they've had an opportunity to put some stuff together uh, leading up to this early signing day. Yeah, hopefully uh, it'll it'll be a strong finish. I, I do think that the fruits of the the success on the field this year will really be reflected more in next year's class at this time, uh, especially if they you know even get off to a decent start next year. But uh, it is good to see that. With with uh, success, it gets a little bit easier to get people to answer the the phone when it rings, which is a bad thing to say because they're not calling them, they're texting them and DMing them and messaging them and all that. But you get my point. Yeah, uh, as has been universal since uh, we've begun playing team sports, uh, winning solves a whole bunch of problems. It it does. Uh, that said, the big news this week on the recruiting front, as as we're recording on Tuesday evening, is that Florida State got what appears to be a really good tight end uh, to join the program from South Carolina. This Gamecock program has been, that must be the old Metro conference relationship from other sports. <laughs> Cause South Carolina has been very good to FSU in the portal here. That they have that they have in this particular youngster. I mean, if you go by the metrics, he fits the metric. Uh, what? Six, three, six, four, two thirty, two thirty five. Um, uh, he, he certainly has the physical tools. So we'll talk recruiting with Charles Fishbein from the Osceola and Elite Recruiting Services. He's, uh, he is a guru and an expert. He's up in our next segment as Florida State heads into a big visit weekend. Then we'll talk women's basketball. You may not have noticed, but the women are off to a great start. And oh, by the way, they've got a freshman. I don't know that I could recall saying this. She, she may be the best player in program history, and she's 11 games into her career. So maybe that's a little premature. She's the current National Player of the Week. We'll hear from her and Coach Wyckoff coming up. It's all straight ahead on Front Row Knowles. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. The Christmas season is here, and we want to take a moment and thank all our customers for their business and support this year. We also want to thank all our employees for their hard work and dedication. 
Christmas season is about faith, family, and friends, and spending time with the ones that you love. But if you happen to be in the market for a car, truck, or SUV, we'd love to help. So from our family to yours, we hope you have a Merry Christmas with lots of love, joy, and peace. And we look forward to serving you in the new year. Merry Christmas from Hobson Chevrolet. Front Row Knowles is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now back to Tom and Keith. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Time to talk a little recruiting, or a lot of recruiting, uh, I should say, as we'll open up that Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Say hello to this week's Osceola Insider, Charles Fishbein. Fish has joined us a time or two, and uh, obviously, if you're plugged into the Osceola or if you've followed recruiting at all, uh, you know him from over the years. How are you, sir? You're in no, your great. element. It's, it's your time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like it's always my time, man. You know, recruiting and football is nonstop year-round now, so... Do you like this? Have you settled in and gotten used to this December signing period and the way things have changed from February? Uh, I It used to be crazy because everything got hectic in February. I actually like it a little bit more. It's not as stressful as it used to be. And um, you pretty much the second signing day is more of like the fallout from the first one. Whatever people need, they kind of settle in and only have to recruit two or three kids. So, Well, Florida State's been- getting ready i'm sorry keith i'll I'll let you you want to jump in i'll tell you what kj go ahead go ahead ask i'm just gonna say when when it first started fish uh, your idiot friends tom and kj said you know there's no i mean you know they'll sign three or four kids everybody will wait till february but it's become the recruiting day i mean as you mentioned the bulk of it gets done in december and the stragglers get done in february yeah well a lot of these kids you know they want to make sure they have their spot um, you know, a lot coaches can make decisions between now and February. They could sit there and maybe somebody better comes along and then all of a sudden they drop you. So it's smart for the uh, probably the kids that aren't as highly rated. The top end kids could basically decide whenever they want. But there's a lot of guys that have to make those decisions early because if they don't take that spot, somebody else will. Well, we're just a little scarred because Florida State has changed coaches twice in December since the introduction of the early signing period right so this is actually different territory for FSU to be coming off a nine and three season and sort of be back on the in the national spotlight again not all the way back but uh, relevant how how might that affect what Mike Norvell and company are able to do or how they're able to close in the next week or so here well it can never hurt I mean winning changes everything it changes a fan base perception it, the experts I've always said you know I have friends that sit there and go how do you fix this I said win you know it's like you don't want other schools to negative recruit you, you your school win beat them and then they can't talk so it goes hand in hand I, I just think the uh at, you know atmosphere around Florida State right now is a very high and positive one so it's easier for these guys to go and recruit one they were selling a story before and but the prospects have to see it happen. You know, like you could sit there and say, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But until it happens, you know, it's like buying a house. A lot of people, when they buy a house, if they buy it spec, a lot of people can't visualize what it's going to look like until it's actually done. And recruiting's the same way. Until these kids see them winning and seeing winning at a high level, a lot of them don't see what's going to be ahead of them, you know, so. Fish, is this the last year when the 25 signee limitation is off or are we into that new window after COVID? 
I think basically what they've done is I don't even know if there's a 25 limit anymore. They just said that you, you're only allowed 85 scholarships on the roster total. I don't think there's a set number anymore of high school or portal kids that you can recruit. I think they, they got rid of that number um, and basically said, hey, listen, you have 85 scholarships to give out. How you want to hand them out is your decision. I, I think pretty much that's how it is now. Well, Florida State under Norvell has uh, done okay in the high school recruiting, but they've knocked it out of the park in the transfer portal. And, uh, and now they've got a proven track record on that. We've probably asked you this previously, but as F if FSU can, can keep winning at the clip they're winning right now, do you see it becoming more 90%, 95% at the high school ranks? Or has Norvell found something here, given the success he's had, to, to rely on eight or 10 kids a year in the transfer portal? I get a lot of arguments about this, you know, with friends and people on the, you know, message boards. I don't think it's sustainable and it's not, listen, they've done a phenomenal job going into the portal, but at the end of the day, the way you're going to build your foundation that you've seen it at the pro level, you could go out and get free agents, but that's not the way you're going to build your team. You build it through the draft. I believe the same way with the high school, you could go and cherry pick here or there, but at the end of the day, you want to go out, get these high school kids, develop them. And then if you have a hole, you could fill it, but you, they've had to do it out of necessity because they weren't getting those impact players right away in year one and two. So they went outside, they got the Trey Benson's versus, but they're still, you know, even with Trey Benson, I mean, what, here's a kid that was coming off a blown ACL MCL. He had a, you didn't really know what you got. You could sit there and go, Hey, we thought this is how he was going to look. Or even a Jared verse. If you go back and watch Jared versus film against Syracuse, you saw the athletic ability, but there was a lot of things you saw. Like, you're like, all right, this kid, maybe by the end of his, uh, first year it'll start to come together and then you get him back a second year and then he blows up he he just blew up from day one they got fortunate and they they hit on those guys but I don't think you want to keep rolling those dice and relying on guys that are from other programs because really a lot of these guys that are in the portal they're there for a reason they didn't work out at that other school and I just think the odds are not in your favor if you if that's the only route you go Charles there's two things historically folks have measured assistant coaches by their ability to develop their players and their ability to recruit. Now that you've seen this Norvell staff for a little while, and we're back to, to more standard ways of doing things, how, how do you judge this group from the recruiting standpoint? I, I think there's still work to do on the, you know, the high school level, you know, whether it's building more relationships. I mean, they got Hakeem Williams, who's the top player, uh, in Broward County are one of the top. So you can't sit there and say, hey, they can't recruit the high school level. But I think they can always get better. And I think Norvell would tell you that as well. They've done a very good job of identifying pieces in the portal. So yes, they've had a lot of success. The high school level, like I said, I think that Florida State's a program that sells itself. I've argued with, with people, oh, they'll never get back to the same level. Or listen, Florida State, a lot of kids want to go there. Uh, there's, uh, you go to a game, a night game there. You've seen it uh, this year when they've had games, whether they've they've had teams at home and how much excitement there is. It's an easy sell program to sell. Any college coach you talk to will tell you, hey, listen, it's one of the easier schools to sell. But guys have to be at a close. There's a lot of guys that could get those kids on campus, but at the end of the day, you got to be able to close. That was what Bobby was so good at. Jimbo had a lot of success closing. 
this staff has to learn how to close as well. It's just part of the process. They had to overcome so much those first two years. So a lot of that stuff, we could sit there and say, well, why aren't they recruiting at this high level at the high school level? They were a mess. And a lot of kids see that. And, and like I said, the only way to overcome negative recruiting and these other coaches that you're going against is you got to win. And they won this year. They had an exciting product on the field. And you go, look, they're recruiting running backs better than they did those first two years. They, I don't even know if they had really a high school running back in their first two classes. But now you had Cor Coburn, do, uh, Corbin do real well. You had Benson do well. All of a sudden, you have a Cedric Baxter, whether they sign him or not. They're one of the final two and the kids actually showing interest. That's the one thing is you got to get these kids interested in the program. And then like the great one, like Bobby was, Bobby was able to close. I think eventually these guys, Coach Norvell, now that he has a product to sell, will be able to do the same thing. Well, and they got a quarterback to to flip his commitment from Ohio State to FSU. And, yep. uh, you know, the winning, a lot of guys coming back. Feels like there's momentum if you subscribe to a momentum theory, mm -hmm. right? But they've got a big weekend coming up this weekend. Who – uh, in your mind, do they have a legitimate chance to to maybe flip or land in, in the next seven days or so? Yeah, I think the number one prospect that they got in on, they've been on all year. I know Randy Shannon is recruiting him, uh, has been the lead recruiter. It's Edwin Joseph, he's out of Chaminade. He's kind of this year, I, I say he's this year's version of Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson was a kid that had no offers head, heading into a senior, ended up at Alabama, ended up a first-round pick, and now is in the NFL I think Edwin's that kind of player. Um, we went to watch him in the state championship last week. He plays wide receiver and corner. I think Randy's going to put him on the defense of the side of the ball. He's very similar to a kid that Randy recruited in at University of Miami, Sam Shields. Sam Shields was a wide receiver that converted to corner, kind of like an Xavier Rhodes. I think he's one of those guys that you definitely could count on. Um, they just did, they did get Jaheim Bell out of the transfer portal. You watch his film and what he could do. He's going to be a great fit for what Mike Norvell does on offense. And there's some other guys. You have uh, this guy, Jeremiah Byers from UTEP, who's an offense alignment transfer. A lot of the guys that they're looking at are transfers. There are a few high school kids uh, like a Devon, uh, Damari Brown out of American Heritage, who it's down to Miami, FSU, and Alabama. They have a legit shot at him. I think his brother, Devontae Brown, will end up at, at FSU. He's a transfer from UCF. But they are getting the pieces that they need. Uh, at the end of the day what's the comp on uh Hakeem Williams I mean he comes in as the biggest name I mean given that now granted Florida State uh haven't watched them a lot of years it, it feels like they've got this great receiving core right because it's so much better right now than what it was yeah. but it still has a lot of room for growth so is he a guy that can come in and fit in or or, or is it oh, yeah. gonna take some time I mean you go look I I went to media day in Broward County and I I talked to uh, guys that I work with in the media and everything, Hakeem, Damari Brown, these guys are those guys that look different, whether it was an Andre Johnson or a Julio Jones, or you have a Kelvin Benjamin. These are guys that are in high school, look like they belong in the NFL. They're just different physically. They walk differently. They talk different. Hakeem Williams is in that mold. He looks like a grown man. I don't know if FSU's really ever had a guy that's looked like this coming in or had this much talent coming in I, maybe a Randy Moss who never played at Florida State but committed Hakeem has a chance to be special and one of the best receivers to ever play at Florida State. Fish we always talk about the offensive line and obviously also FSU has had some made some strides there 
but if you get back and, and subscribe to the theory, which I, I seem to agree a lot with you about, you got to get these high school kids in and develop them. Uh, what does the OL prospects at the high school level look at look like for FSU? Well, they got uh, Lucas Simmons committed to them. He's a true offensive tackle. The problem they've had is they've had to convert guards to tackle, and you really want those six 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 seven type guys. That's what Lucas Simmons is. He's long. He's athletic. They've had to take some flyers in the past that didn't work out like Lloyd Willis and Rod Orr. And then all of a sudden you take a kid like Darius Washington, who's probably more of a traditional guard center prospect than a tackle. Lucas gives you that size and length that they they've lacked. I mean, you go back, whether it's, um, you know, the Hall of Famer that they had Walter Thomas, uh, Walter uh, Jones, they've had Trey Thomas. That's what Lucas is more like. One of those guys that's big, long, athletic, and he gives you a true traditional tackle, a guy that can handle the speed, handle size on the outside. He's the first guy that they've signed in a while that fits that mold of a true offensive tackle. They, Like I said, they try to get all these guards and move them outside, and they struggle at times. Um, they did bring in last year, they brought in Bless Harris, who was a transfer. He, he got injured. They've had a lot of – they've been unlucky at, on the outside – and that's why they've struggled. If you go to look at the three losses this year, that's where they struggled was handling those rush edge edge rushers off the edge. I think you get a guy like Lucas, he develops, you have a chance to have not only an all-conference, but maybe an all-American and a first-round pick down the road. What? So you heard it here first, folks. Uh, he's a combination. He's a cross between Walter Jones and No, Trey I didn't Thomas. say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Two of the all-time greats. But you know what I'm talking about. You guys no. watch FSU every week. And those guys, they're so rare, uh, those tackles that are big, long, and athletic. And they've lacked that the last few years. It's been a while since they had one of those guys. Uh, Rod Johnson was kind of one of those guys. Um, he was probably one of the last ones that had that potential to play in the NFL when he came in day one. What, what do you, going back to your point about the way you solve the issues is you win. When you talk to your recruiting contacts, your your coaching uh, connections, the the players themselves, can, can you sense and feel that Florida State has more traction now than what it had the first two years since the on-field product has improved? No, there's no question. There's no question. Like I said, there's a more positive vibe uh, around the program. You see it even with the coaches at Florida State. They're winning. It's easier for them to sell the product. Listen, a great salesman can – sell anything even if, when they're losing but there's very few of those guys and a lot of it, it becomes difficult you got you know when you're losing it 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 goes throughout the whole program people have to buy in I think that's the hardest thing to do is get that loser mentality out of that program that's the hardest thing you have to overcome when a program's struggling fish you always have them you always have had them uh who's who's flying under the radar who's somebody special that uh, if FSU lands uh, maybe not uh, notary, uh, notary from a notary standpoint or a, 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 the ability to make all the three and five star uh, uh, lists. Rankings, yeah. But, yeah, the rankings. Thank you. But we're, we're, what's some of the guys that uh, you've got your eyes on? I mean, the two guys that one guy that's not committed, Edwin Joseph, we already brought him up. But they have two guys in their class that I don't think are as highly rated as they should be is Blake Nicholson. He's a linebacker out of uh, California, he kind of, I don't want to put him in the um, 
Brian Cushing mold, but Brian Cushing came out of New Jersey. He had played linebacker in high school. I remember talking all the way back to John with John Lilly about what a special player he was coming out of high school. Nicholson plays that running back, plays linebacker. Uh, you turn on his film. I think he could be a special player at Florida State. And the one kid I think that they found, the Quindarius Jones kid out of you know uh, Mississippi, he's one of those guys I think they're going to get lucky on because of his versatility. I always look at guys, can they play more than one position? If you sign a safety and that's the only thing they play, you got to make sure he he makes it at safety because basically then he becomes a wasted scholarship. Quindarius, you can see he could play corner, he could play safety, he could play linebacker. He's only a three-star kid out of Mississippi, so I think they found one with him in their in, in their class. We uh, need to wrap things up with Charles Fishbein from the Osceola and uh, longtime recruiting uh, guru. Quick thought, not related to FSU, except that he played at FSU. Dion gonna gonna swim, sink. What do you what do you think? There's all kinds of buzz for Colorado right now. Yeah. I- I'm not going to doubt the guy. I mean, listen, he won. Uh, it's very hard to win at the HBCUs. He did a great job there with going undefeated. I, I'm not going to question his ability to win. I, I think he'll get it done at Colorado. Uh, he's a, I, There's something about him. It's He's always had that electricity around him. I think you feel, you know, I know some of the coaches on that staff and you can feel it when you talk to them. I think he's going to create something special out of Colorado. All right, we'll see. Hey, we appreciate your insight as always. Uh, enjoy. Uh, Christmas comes early for you. You get to deal with this for the next week or so, and then the holiday oh, right after that. But thank you as always. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more Front Row Knowles right after this. Loading the kids in the car. Brokering peace in the back seat. Mastering the snack handoff without even looking. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like figuring out what's growing in that cup holder. That's simple human sense. Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if auto owners is right for you or visit us online at earlbacon.com. Some battles are worth fighting. They build character and teach important lessons. Other times, the more we resist, the longer we stay stuck. When a simple change would change everything. Is your bank holding you back? Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Changing is easy. We'll show you how. Prime Meridian Bank. Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Member FDIC. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. We're going to turn our attention to uh, women's basketball as we open up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, and Say hello to uh, a couple of stars with the basketball squad. One is is now the head coach, and we'll catch up. And one is a, is a I can't even say rising star because I think she's already arrived. But first, let's say hello to Brooke Wyckoff. Coach, how are you? I'm great, Tom. How are you? I, I'm doing well. And uh, just to, to let the cat out of the bag, uh, Tania Latson also joins us. And Tania is a fantastic freshman for your team. How are you doing? Uh, I heard Coach call you T. I don't know that I'm at that level yet, but how are you, Tania? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing good. Uh, uh, Brooke, you know, I've been around women's basketball here at FSU a lot of years. Uh, 
And uh, every time I see a box score, I don't recall seeing what I've seen right now, especially from a freshman. And uh, I, I normally wouldn't ask questions like this because I know you want somebody to integrate to the college game and not get a big head and all that type stuff. But if you're going to score 24 and 28 and 34 points a game, uh, it's it's really the elephant in the room. So I guess I'll start with you, Coach, and and what you've seen and what you've enjoyed seeing is how and how Tania has transitioned to FSU. Yeah, well, it's been a lot of fun, uh, <laughs> to be honest, to 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 see Tania just uh, come in and and do what she's done and so far. Um, and the the best thing about her is that. Uh, you know, there is no, there, there is no chance of her getting a big head. Um, she is one of the most humble and most driven people that I know. Um, and she just, she just works, uh, and she doesn't expect anything to be given to her. She doesn't, um, take anything for granted. She just works. And, and, uh, that's what, who she was before she got here. And so we expected really big things from her, but as you said, you never really know how a freshman is going to adjust or how long it's going to take. Um, and so it has been phenomenal to see Tanaya um, and just the way she has, she has taken on a leadership role in, on this team in her play and adjusted very, very well. Um, and she has to adjust every single game because she sees different things every game she sees different types of defenses thrown at her and um, no one's really been able to figure it out yet and so I'm super proud of her and uh, but most of all just who she is and and um, and the way she's handled everything up to this point. Tanaya those are uh, strong comments from your coach and I know when I look at the box scores it looks like the transition has gone smoothly but that only tells part of the story I mean what what part hasn't been smooth so far in acclimating from high school to to college not just college basketball but college in general um I always bring up the summertime I mean I, I feel like that was kind of a bit of a struggle for me just finding that like confidence and that rhythm especially because the game is more intense and um, I had to learn a new system and you know different techniques and everything but um, coach really helped me with um, the mental part you know just taking things day by day and just trusting the process and, you know, like just trying to believe in myself because I kind of had a little doubt in the beginning because it was just hard being away from home and, you know, just adjusting. But I feel like um, I picked up on it really fast and I just needed that boost from her. So, yeah. I know that uh, this was uh, it, it's interesting to hear you say that the being away from home part is tough, which which shouldn't be surprising for a freshman. But I know you're from a military background, so you've lived in a lot of different places. And uh, in my mind, I felt like that might make it an easier transition, but but maybe not. Just how have you uh, acclimated yourself to being away from home? Um, Like I said, at first, it was pretty hard, but um, it's gotten easier because I've gotten used to just being away. Um. But like you said, being in a military background, it kind of helped a lot because I was used to just moving around and, you know, being away from home, especially um, during AAU season, just going out and um, traveling with the team and everything. Nine times out of 10, my mom had to stay back for my siblings and everything. So I would travel along most of the time. But, um, you know, it's not it hasn't been easy. But like I said, I got used to it. Brooke, you mentioned that Tanaya is a, a hard worker and humble. I mean, if you're going to take a scoring talent or a player like that, I mean, you'd want to add those two ingredients to the mix mm -hmm. uh, because the team dynamic is so critical in a sport like the one that you coach. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess just how uh, how much of a blessing is it to have all that wrapped up into one? 
Mm -hmm. It's a huge blessing. Um, and you know, Tanaya is a winner. I say this pretty much every day when I talk about her and I, it's one thing that you just knew before she got here because everywhere she's been, every team she's been on, um, you know, from all-star games to, to, to AU to high school to wherever she's been, she's won. And, and when you're a winner, um, not just because you score a lot of points, because you know how to play with a team, you know, you can't, you can't win by yourself. And so you just, you find ways to win. Um, and, you know, right now that's scoring for her and that's great. But I've seen her find other ways when she's not the leading scorer on other teams, she finds ways to impact the game and to help her team win and make sure her team wins. Um, and so that's what I love most about Tanaya. Um, she's hungry always to get better. She's never satisfied. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I'm just excited for her because I know how much she's worked. I know how much she wants this. Um, and it's been really, really cool for everybody, you know, now that she's playing on an even bigger stage um, at the college level for people to really wake up and, you know, take notice of who Tanaya Latson is. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, being with her on this journey every day, you know, we've been able to watch from afar as we've recruited her, but now seeing her every day and what goes into to her um, game and, and her work and all of it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I'm super proud of her. We're talking with women's basketball coach, Brooke Wyckoff. Brooke, by the way, as a side note, I feel like I've known you so long that it seems odd to say it's your first year as head coach. And I know you <laughs> served in that role as interim or acting coach last year. It feels like you're a you're a veteran at this point. Uh, we're also <laughs> talking with uh, Tanaya Latson, who's a young star. For those who don't know, uh, we're talking about the player of the year in the state of Florida a year ago. Uh, Miss Basketball in the state of Florida, top-ranked shooting guard coming out of high school. So all, all the accolades. Um, so what's been different on the court for you? I mean, you've played a lot of high-level basketball, but not college basketball. Is the is the game flow different? Is the officiating different? Is the trash talking different? I mean, what, what's been different so far? Honestly, I feel like the difference was just the defensive end. You know, high school, um, I've always been a good on-ball defender, but um, off-ball hasn't been my uh, spark. So just in high school, you really didn't have to pay too much attention, or you could get away with just slacking off some plays. But in college, I feel like everything just goes so fast. So you have to be locked in on both ends of the floor, especially defensively if you want to win games and championships. So I feel like that's been the biggest adjustment for me. And, you know, just the different sets that we have to go through, different techniques defensively. So, yeah, it's been a difference for me. Where does your work ethic and drive come from? Work ethic and drive. I would say my mom. My mom's a really hard worker. Um, I have six siblings. So, you know, she's been there through it all. Um, my dad, he's in the military. So, you know, I got that discipline from him. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, and this is why I didn't ask the question this way initially, because I wanted to see your answer. Uh, I would have thought it was maybe your dad who had inspired the love of basketball and that discipline with his military background. But but I heard that you would you're, you're shooting baskets late into the night out out of season. I mean, so let's say it's July, well, July might be the AAU circuit. I don't know when the slowest time is when you're playing at your level, but whatever that slow time is out of season and it's Wednesday night and it's 11 p.m., are you shooting free throws somewhere? I mean, what does that look like? Um, when I was younger, um, me and my dad in Hawaii, uh, we would, uh, late at night, we would go shoot free throws and we would play one-on-one. -on -one. Um, 
it was like a school right by our house that we would go to. Um, it had an outdoor court and we would play. Um, and I, my siblings would play against me. It'd be like three on one, you know, just to get tougher. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's definitely um, played a part in my success and like my game today. Brooke, let's widen this conversation a little bit. And again, it, it, it's it's odd for me uh, when you have a freshman that's this decorated and we're having conversations like this this early in a career. So let's talk more about your team overall. You're off to a really good start. What what do you like uh, about your team, understanding that you've got some big tests coming up with UConn and mm -hmm. ACC play not too far away? Yeah, um, I love a lot of things about this team, but my my favorite uh, right now is is just how well they play together. Um, and I and I tell them all the time that so many people comment, um, people that don't really know our team, they watch us on TV or they're, you know, up in the stands and they don't really know the story of our team. And they're just, you know, talking about, oh, wow, it just looks like they have so much fun playing together. And as a coach, that's a dream. You know, I mean, no situation's perfect. Um, there's obviously, you know, things that go wrong and and we have disagreements, but overall, this team has put in a lot of work to, to really learn how to play together um, and to enjoy that part of it. Um, they're great at responding to adversity. We talk about that a lot of just when, when things go wrong, um, you know, they, they have the maturity, they have the knowledge, they have the talent um, and the drive to wanna bounce back, to wanna get, make it right. Um, and you've seen that over and over in different situations this year. So. Um, you know, I can't say enough about them that we're a great mix of experience of fresh young talent of, you know, different backgrounds and, and basketball experiences, um, you know, with our returners and then the, the new players that have come in this year. Um, so I feel like we are deep, even though we only have 10 um, and we are a multifaceted, dangerous team. Um, and so I'm just I'm excited for them because they put in a lot of work on and off the court. In hindsight, how beneficial was last year for you to, to, you know, to serve as the acting head coach and, and learn mm -hmm. what you didn't know? All those years you were on the bench as an assistant, still mm -hmm. different when you're the lead whistle, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so thankful for that experience. Um, you know, Coach Sue and, and Florida State entrusted me with coaching that season. Um, it, it's, it's, it helps so much, you know, just having been there, done that, coached games, coached in close games, dealt with wins, losses, dealt with, you know, all the, uh, all the things that go on throughout a season. Um, it's made the transition this year, you know, a lot smoother um, and where I feel like we're just kind of, you know, picking up where we left off and, and able to push this thing forward. And it's not such a steep learning curve for me. Um, the other piece of that is that I have an amazing staff. I have a very, very good, experienced, knowledgeable, capable staff. And, um, you know, as I first year, you know, officially first year head coach, that is huge. And I'm so blessed in that regard that, um, you know, a great group uh, that's helping me lead this thing and pushes forward as well. You, and to correct what I said, it was two years ago when you served as, as interim. Uh, I've got COVID brain, right? It's, it's, it's all rolled together. The last few years have been so crazy. Brooke, I know you, I, I'm sure you relate with the players well because you're a former player and you played professionally and you're a former Florida State player. But you also were a pretty highly decorated player when you arrived at FSU. And at that time, FSU was just trying to reach the NCAA tournament early in Coach Sue's tenure, I guess her first year. Uh, how does that help you relate to somebody like Tanaya, who's who's got to feel some pressure too, just given all the accolades and the decorations she has coming in? 
Oh gosh, I don't know if I can relate to Tanaya. Tanaya's on another level. She is in a, <laughs> Tanaya is one in a million, man. I, and I'm not just saying that because she's on this. <laughs> she no, but I, that's having lived through this transition. That's why I, I really am so proud of Tanaya. Um, because I do remember how it feels to be away from home and homesick and learning a new group of people and having a lot of doubt and lack of confidence when everything's new and uncomfortable. Um, and so for her to, you know, push through those hard moments and to really still be able to perform at a high level right off the bat is huge because I know how difficult it is. So um, I, I, I joke with T, you know, she loves pressure pressure like she likes it she wants it and I think I, I I'm speaking for her but I that's what I'm seeing is that she thrives in pressure and again for someone that's just kind of getting their bearings in a new place and a new you know living on their own for the first time etc you know so to welcome pressure and to want that and to thrive in it is is saying a lot so um Again, uh, you know, it was a while ago that I got here. I first stepped on campus, but I do remember it. And um, it just helps me keep perspective and what these girls are actually doing on a day, day in and day out basis. I, I didn't quantify how long ago it was, Brooke. We'll just leave it's that. Okay. Out it was a long <laughs> 1997. <laughs> Tonight, we'll finish up on this. Was that accurate what coach just said? That you, you drive on the pressure, you want the ball? Yes, I love pressure. Um, I feel like, I mean, those are moments that you can, it can make a break, break you. And I feel like in those moments, you just learn from them. So I embrace it. Well, congratulations. Uh, that shows so far with, with what you and the team have accomplished on the court. I know it's, uh, well, you're not even into conference play. So I guess the real season's about to begin, right? But, uh, and it, and it's, it can become a grind too, as it, as it goes, but that's all part of it. Congratulations on, on your success early on. And you too, Brooke, it's good. It's good to see and best of luck the rest of this year. Thank you, Tom. You bet, you bet. Florida State at home against uh, Presbyterian on Thursday night and then uh, UConn game coming up on Sunday. We'll take a break, come back with more Front Row Knowles right after this. The Christmas season is here and we want to take a moment and thank all our customers for their business and support this year. We also want to thank all our employees for their hard work and dedication. Christmas season is about faith, family, and friends, and spending time with the ones that you love. But if you happen to be in the market for a car, truck, or SUV, we'd love to help. So from our family to yours, we hope you have a Merry Christmas with lots of love, joy, and peace, and we look forward to serving you in the new year. Merry Christmas from Hobson Chevrolet. Getting the kids to practice on time, remembering if it's your day to bring snacks, making it to the game with a clean jersey, why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask the Earl Bacon Agency in Tallahassee if auto owners is right for you, or visit us online at earlbacon.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Front Row Knowles podcast and follow at Front Row Knowles on Twitter. Now back to at underscore Tom Block and Twitterless Keith Jones. Yes, you heard us right in the Prime Meridian Bank Studios. A few minutes to go to finish things up. Florida State trying to finish things up on the uh, recruiting circuit. It is, it's been fun. I don't know how choreographed this has been. This this offseason since the last game, Keith, but 
But Florida State has managed to spread out the good news about every 36 hours, something positive comes across. It's the way you would choreograph it if you did, but I don't know that they were that strategic so much as they're in a lot better place right now than this program has been in a while, and, and, and guys want to stay a part of it or become a part of it. I do know this, and this was talked about when uh, Coach Norvell first came. There is no more organized individual, so uh, there may be some uh, truth to the fact that it's, it's orchestrated uh, because he is capable of uh, managing that many balls up in the air. Uh, when recruiting comes around, I always remember the uh, – uh, we used to see them on television, the shows where the people would spin the pet plates on the, on the stick, the tall stick, and, and see how many plates they can keep spinning. And, you know, oh, my gosh, if one falls off and crashes, it makes a big noise. Uh, Coach Norvell and his staff have had a lot of plates going, and very few of them have fallen off and hit the ground yet. So we'll see. But it would not surprise me if there wasn't some credit due to this staff uh, in the way things are rolling. Yeah, I'm excited. And we got a bowl game coming up, which we haven't talked about yet. And there's an opportunity there to get to 10 wins. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, Keith, going back to where we started this show, when you look at the infusion of what should be uh, an upgrade at tight end, will be an upgrade at tight end, with due respect to the guys that have been there and Cam, who's been here a while and has, has weathered a lot, and I, I've enjoyed covering him over the years. But, I mean, you, you fill that void. If you get another lineman with everything coming back, remember Winston Wright, he was supposed to be the best receiver they were brought in last year. He didn't even play, and now you got Hakeem Williams. This is they got a running back that transferred from Penn State that sat out this year. I mean, it this offense can be pretty doggone good next year. Well, it all starts with Jordan and and um, you know, him coming back, I think is the right move. Obviously, um, uh, he's done his due diligence and his homework. I did find it very, very interesting. And Coach Norvell, I thought was very, very transparent when he was asked a couple of weeks ago about what he what he answers uh, when he's asked by kids, you know, he just doesn't give them his opinion. He, he does a little research on his own and he makes sure that he understands uh, the, the information that has been given before he tells a, a kid what he thinks they should do. Um, and, and, you know, between the transfer portal and the high school signing day coming up, um, you know, this is a pretty interesting time. And, you know, Coach Bowden always used to, you know, at the very end, There'd always be some flyer, someone you weren't expecting, someone that had been written off that uh, ends up, uh, you know, signing that uh, national letter of intent. And uh, wouldn't surprise me if we don't start seeing similar things with Coach Norvell and his staff. Yeah, I think it's it's trending that way. It's the one last thing that they need to do, right? Is hit it out of the park on the high school circuit. Uh, that that's coming. I'm still. I I don't know if I'm in the same camp as you and Fish. I still might be all right. Uh, fishing from the transfer portal uh i i i don't disagree that uh you don't want to have to rely on it completely to fill out your starting roster but i do think you you got a better idea what you're getting because there's two years of college tape on a kid if you bring them in after that compared to some high school tape that you may not really know what you're getting well, Tommy, there's you. We could argue it till we're blue in the face. It'll only play itself out when you see the product on the field. But I've always ascribed to um, the age-old thing that uh, you know, when a kid had to go to junior college before he came to a four-year institution, there was a problem. Now, many times that problem got solved. We mentioned Walter Jones. Walter Jones only played two years at Florida State. He was a junior college transfer, uh, which you know is kind of akin to the portal. 
uh, and he worked out great. Uh, but usually, high percentage of the time, when a kid is changing schools, there's an issue. And oftentimes, that issue is not a good issue. If they can overcome it, if they get past it, uh, sometimes it's a coaching change, which they had no control over, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but bottom line is, I still believe you build your program from the high school ranks and then you supplement it from the transfer. But who knows? We may be singing a different story. I may be singing a different story three or five years from now. At the end of the day, when they line up on Saturday, we don't pay attention to whether they came directly from high school or from three other schools. All we care about is what they're doing on the field at that moment. Am I right? That is correct. All right. Uh, we will do this uh, again next week, as we always do. Uh, big recruiting weekend. Uh, go to the Osceola for the latest on, on how Florida State is faring there. KJ, until we convene again, have a good week, and uh, I'll talk to you next week. Same to you. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles.